1: Visit worldafropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. worldafropedia.com Our people
2: are very serious about not being very serious. Meanwhile, white people are very serious about playing hardball against us. And this hardball is called genocide.
3: Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Tuesday, February 21st, 2017. So I have been told. Uh, this is eight-year anniversary. CALS has been on the air, hopefully providing constructive information on what racism, white supremacy is, and how it works. Uh, we have been here. I'm sure folks that are listening, we have some people who just started listening uh, to the broadcast within the last few weeks, <laughs> maybe even a few days. Certainly, I know we have folks who just started with, uh, listening within the last year or so. Um, I think anyone who has... Listened to this broadcast over a significant length of time, or if you've gone back and uh, listened to the archives, numerous, numerous archives, I'm pretty sure you have heard that segment that we opened with at some point. Uh, We have played it repeatedly uh, throughout our uh, nearly a decade uh, on the air. Short, but right to the point. Uh, And I hope this broadcast. Uh, reflects uh, the serious nature uh, in which we should carry ourselves with regards to dealing with this problem. Uh, This is serious. I think a lot of times people have pointed out a tendency for folks uh, to laugh uh, or just behave in a manner uh, as though we are not talking about war being waged against black people uh, on one end, and then on the other end in terms of recognizing that we have enemies Those enemies classify themselves as white, and they are dedicated and serious about the business of dominating, terrorizing black people. Very fitting for our eight-year anniversary program that we could have back with us again. He's been with us numerous times. He shared uh, insight when we had the passing of uh, Dr. Ben. He shared insight uh, and remembrances when we had uh, the passing of Dr. Welsing. Last year uh, he's been on the program uh, repeatedly given great insight. In fact, I just told him just this past weekend, we did our global Sunday talk on racism. Uh, one of our listeners in Austria, I believe was referencing uh, Dr. Mualibu Barudi and his stance that, you know, Hey, every day when we wake up, same thing, we should have a serious mindset. This is war. We should recognize every day that we're at war. And I just inserted uh, just, important Dr. Kanban consistently states it's most correct to understand war is being waged against us we black people we are not at war and that is a major part of the problem joining us live once again author educator husband father uh real pleasure to have him back with us Dr. Kamal Camban. Dr. Kanban, are you with us sir
2: yes sir brother I appreciate the invitation, and congratulations on eight years of serious, serious, productive work. It is greatly appreciated and needed by our people.
3: On our assignment, uh, I think you say regularly. Uh, but I guess before we, we get started with anything, uh, I know a lot of folks, you're one of our favorite guests. They always look forward to hearing from you, try to get some questions, cover as much as we can. Uh, before we get started, uh, I think I posted it on our Facebook page. Uh, we deliberately picked this date. Uh, To come back on the air in 2009, that was done with a purpose in mind, uh, something that you said you wanted to get right from the very beginning and recognizing uh, February 21st and the significance of this date. Have a quick sound clip, and then we'll get your thoughts. Uh, The sound clip first.
0: I know that uh, there may be some representatives here from the local Negro press, and I'm not uh, biting my tongue in what I say because... Anyone can pick up your paper and tell by its content that you're not writing to please black people, you're writing to please white
3: people. Context of white supremacy. Uh, you want to make sure we started. This is the, uh, today, 52nd year anniversary of the assassination of Minister Malcolm X. Uh, your thoughts, Dr. Cambon? Yes,
2: I call um, Malcolm uh, utmost magnificent uh, Malcolm minister Malcolm X, and he is a brother who is definitely missed and he, like Ossie Davis said in the eulogy, is our black shining prince. And I owe a lot to Malcolm. I never got a chance to meet him or hear him in person, but somehow, I had his albums. I To this day, I don't know where I got them from, but I used to listen to the Ballad or the Bullet, the uh, Unity, uh, the Unity message done in Harlem, and his other speeches. And unknowingly, I think Malcolm saved my life, because when I was in a situation, I learned how to handle myself based on the information that I received from Malcolm. So I owe minister, utmost magnificent minister Malcolm a lot. And we all owe him a lot because he literally gave his life for the cause. And those people that walk around with a cross around their neck, with a porcelain Jesus hanging on the cross. I think that they should take those crosses off and if anything, they should put a cross on with Malcolm who was crucified by the by the U.S. so-called government or put a cross on that represented the crucifixion of Marcus Garvey or put a cross on that represented the crucifixion of Paul Robeson or the crucifixion of Ida B. Wells. So there are many people who we should exalt and honor and remember every single day. Were it not for them, we would not be as conscious as we are. And I think Malcolm would be pleased with the work that you, Gus, and cows are doing in continuing this fight that is going to lead us to our end game. We're not just struggling to be struggling, but Malcolm understood that, and I agree with him, that his mission and his end game were one and the same. Black liberation ends white terror domination. So again, Brother Malcolm, Utmost Blagnificent, Minister Malcolm, Brother Omar Wally, yeah, we love you. And as Chairman Fred Hampton said, you can kill the revolution, but you cannot kill the revolutionary, nor can you kill the revolutionary spirit that was personified by Utmost Blagnificent.
3: Minister Malcolm Pence. Ashe, context of white supremacy. Uh, for folks who have not heard from Dr. Kamal Kambon, thought it would be great, uh, even if you have heard, I think always important to make sure that we have a comprehensive understanding of the war being waged against us. You wanted to start out and make sure that people understand your paradigm uh, so they understand. what your worldview is, uh, and the problem facing black people. Do you want to start out and give folks your paradigm?
2: Yes. Well, I think I hear a lot of young brothers say, yeah, we were building. Yeah, me me and my set, me and my crew, we were building. So let's build. And how do we build? We have to build on solid ground. However, I think we have to build based on what we understand, what is in the ground. And what is in the ground? In the ground, we will find the tears, the sweat from the toil of Africans. We will find body parts. We will find African bodies, and we will find African blood in the ground. Now, whose blood, whose body parts? Whose sweat, whose tears will we find in the ground? <clears throat> we will find D. Dan and the Mau Mau out of Kenya. We will find their blood in the ground. We will find Steve Biko who led the Black Consciousness movement in South Africa before he was brutally murdered. We will find the blood and the tears and the sweat and the body part and the body of Patrice Lumumba out of the Congo, who was assassinated, led by the CIA of the U.S., we will find at least 10 million Africans in the Congo who were murdered and slaughtered by Leopold of Belgium before Patrice Lumumba came to power. We will find their blood in the ground. We will find the blood and the body part and the tears and the sweat of Thomas Sankara from Burkina Faso, the young revolutionary leader who changed the paradigm in the process in four years, changed the paradigm against the West to implement a new way of living in Africa. He was assassinated. His blood is in the ground. Amakal Cabral, who led the fight, the liberation movement against the Portuguese. His blood is in the ground. We go to Nigeria, the great statesman and diplomat, Nnamdi Azikwe, his blood is in the ground. We find the blood and the bones and the body parts of the Ogoni people in Nigeria. The environment destroyed by a Royal Dutch shell. Not only the water, the environment, the soil, people dying, their blood is in the ground. Their leader, Ken Sarawiwa, who was Murdered by the corrupt Nigerian government, along with eight of his friends. Their blood is in the ground. We find our black president of Nigeria, Fela, the political lyricist, whose music upside down. He said everything is upside down, inside out. He said zombie, that the soldiers were zombies, paid off by the corrupt government. His mother was killed by the police and thrown off of the balcony. Her blood and his blood are in the ground. We find Baba Alatunji, who brought to the U.S. his drums of passion, who also, by the way, worked with John Coltrane. Baba Alatunji, his blood is in the ground. Those misguided Africans in Nigeria... The Christians against the Muslims murdering each other over false ideology, you'll find their blood spilled all over the ground in the ground we go to Ghana and we find the blood of ya Asantewa the Queen mother ya Asantewa who led the the Ashante war against the British who came in to to steal the golden stool and to enslave further the African. Her blood is in the ground. We find Kwame Nkrumah, who led the liberation movement and changed the name from Gold Coast to Ghana. And his blood is in the ground because he was overthrown in a coup. We find their blood in the ground. We go to Haiti and we find Bookman and the Queen Mother who led the revolution against the French. We find the blood of Dessalines, of Toussaint Louverture, of Christophe, and all of the Africans who fought against the French and expelled Napoleon in 1804. The mightiest army on earth was defeated by the very, very dedicated patient. We find their blood in the ground. We go to Jamaica. We find the blood of Nanny of Jamaica and Quojo, who fought against the British and set up an established maroon community. Their blood is in the ground. We go to Brazil, and we see Zumbi, or Palmieri, also set up a maroon community to fight against their enemies, we find their blood in the ground. We come to the so-called U.S., to the Caribbean, to the islands where they, the enslaved Africans who were tricked, who were enslaved, who were terrorized, who were brutalized, who were tortured who were raped, who were maimed, who were hanged, who were castrated. We find their blood and body parts in the ground. But then we have those who rose up against that. Harriet Tubman. We find her blood
4: in the ground.
2: David Walker, Mariah Stewart, David Walker's book, David Walker's appeal, who countered Thomas Jefferson's false claims about Christianity, Mariah Stewart and David Walker said, we are at war and we have to wage war against our enemies. That is the only way we will be free. The blood of Martin Delaney, who headed Liberia College, who said in one of his speeches, Africa for the African, his blood is in the ground. Martin Delaney, who preceded Marcus Garvey, his blood is in the ground. Ida B. Wells, Sojourner Truth, Frederick Douglass, their blood is in the ground. The blood of Marcus Garvey, Henry Hubert Harrison, Drusilla Dungey Houston, who wrote the book, The Wonderful Ethiopians of the Kushite Empire. Their blood is in the ground. Amy Garvey, Amy Jack Garvey, their blood is in the ground. Elijah Muhammad, his blood, and those who formed the nation of Islam, who fought against the enemy, their blood is in the ground. William Patterson, who wrote The Man Who Cried Genocide, he, Paul Robeson, Louise Patterson, Dear Richards, Malcolm X, Robert F. Williams, Mabel Williams, Jim and Fred Hampton, Mark Clark, Little Bobby Hutton, Bunchie Carter, Dr. Huey P. Newton, Dr. Richard King, who wrote The Black Dot Theory. Kijaga Pratt, who spent 27 years on a false charge in prison, said he would not recant being a revolutionary. Their blood is in the ground. Billy Holiday, her blood is in the ground. Set up by Harry Anslinger to become a drug addict, he hounded her. He was with the Prohibition right after Prohibition. He was looking in search of a new enemy and he targeted Billie Holiday for singing her famous, famous song, Strange Fruit, her blood is in the ground. We have Nina Simone, whose birthday is actually today, who sang Mississippi God Damn. She also sang the song about being black. To be young, gifted, and black, her blood is in the ground. Ella Fitzgerald, Gloria Lynn, Sarah Vaughan, Dinah Washington, Irene Reed, their blood is in the ground. Charles Hamilton Houston, the famous lawyer who filed six lawsuits that ultimately led to Brown versus Board of Education, who never went to one social gathering. His blood is in the ground. And his the, a woman that became a judge who worked for him as his secretary said he literally gave his life for the cause. I'm talking about Charles Hamilton Houston. We also have Johnny Conkren. We have an unknown brother, Haywood Burns, a brilliant, brilliant lawyer rising star on behalf of African people fighting for liberation, who was went to South Africa to help design the Constitution, died mysteriously in an auto accident. Accident. would burn. His blood is in the ground. We have Clayton Jones, another unknown attorney, brilliant attorney. His blood is in the ground. Our great grandcester, Judge Bruce Wright, his book is White Ro- uh, Black Robes, White Justice. The police called him Cut 'em Loose Bruce because he knew that the police were a bunch of liars. So when blacks came into his court in New York, he would give them low bail or no bail. The police referred to him as Cut 'em Loose Bruce. They had death threats against him, but he stood his ground. His blood as an ancestor is in the ground. We also have Chokwe Lumumba and Hal Washington. Chokwe Lumumba, a brilliant lawyer who became mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, just a few years ago, died while in office. How Washington, the mayor of Chicago, died while in office. Their blood is in the ground. We have Steve Copley, Dr. Collins, Dr. Barashango, whose book, African People and European Holidays The Mental Genocide. His other book, African Woman, the Original Guardian Angel. I'm talking about Dr. Barashango. His blood is in the ground. Dale Jones, his book, Culture Bandits 1 and 2. His book, The Black Holocaust, his blood is in the ground. Dr. Ben, Dr. Clark, Amos Wilson, Leo Hansberry a great historian out of Howard University. We have Dr. Chancellor Williams. Their blood is in the ground. J.A. Rogers, his blood is in the ground. Dr. John Jackson, whose book is Introduction to African Civilization, the vagrant origin of Christianity, among others, his blood is in the ground. We have John Coltrane, Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk, Charlie Parker, great revolutionary Musician, their blood is in the ground. Freddie Hubbard, Horace Silver, Donald Byrd, their blood is in the ground. Red Garland, Clifford Brown, and many, many others. We have Dr. Tony Martin, the preeminent scholar on Marcus Garvey. His blood is in the ground. We have Nana Butuiko whose book, 500 Years of European Behavior, wonderful work, his blood is in the ground. Baba Fukiao, his book, African Cosmology, his other book, Self-Healing Power and Therapy, his blood is in the ground. Mama Kepha, Brother Bill, who started First World Alliance, their blood is in the ground. We have Gil Scott Heron, Mary Baraka, Yolande Braff, Gil Noble, John Branch, G. Tuberusi, and many, many others. Their blood is in the ground. And so we talk about building. Yes, we're going to build. But know what we're building on. We're building on the blood. We're building on the tears, the sweat, From toil. We're building on the body parts and the bodies of our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents, our friends who all died far, far too young under a system of white terror domination. Yeah, their blood is in the ground. So now, we can get started As we add the names of not only Chairman Fred Hampton and Mark Clark, but also George Jackson and Jonathan Jackson and all of those Panthers and the Move Nine who are still in prison and the members of Move who were killed when Mayor Wilson Good, a taxi for the fire chief and the police chief of Philadelphia, when they dropped the bomb on the MOVE compound on on Osage Avenue in Philadelphia, the people and the brothers and sisters in Tuskegee who suffered under the syphilis study, those in Tulsa, Oklahoma, those in North Carolina, the Black Wall Street here in North Carolina, also the... Jordan-Hatai community that was devastated. So blood is in the ground. This is what we build on. And I say, we will never forget. We will never forget our ancestors. We'll never forget our grandfathers. So the first floor in our paradigm, after we realize the blood is in the ground, we go 10 boxes across, and each box represents our ancestors, and we can put them in each one of these boxes, psychological, cultural, economic, education, health, spiritual, social, political, and the other areas. Then above that, out of that, we have what we call our liberate our liberation allies. These are the people who would ultimately become the grandestors. And we have ten boxes of going across psychological, cultural, economic, education, and so forth. Then they, when they were here and they were alive, in that first box, so we have the ground We have, then we have the ancestors, then we have the ancestors, and then above the ancestors, out of that, we have a new cadre of current Africans in each one of these areas. For example, when we look at the psychological ancestors, we could put in that box to the far left we could put Dr. Bobby Wright, whose book is The Psychopathic Racial Personality. He's a grandfessor. He would go now in that box. He fought against the psychological domination and mind control that shackles our people's mind. We also, of course, can put now Dr. Wellesley, in that area, who's both the ISIS papers, who fought for years and years and years to get us to control our own mind. We could also put Dr. Richie King, who wrote the first Black Dot Theory, in that box. So above that, now we have another 10 boxes, and we have the current African on the scene in each one of those areas and what are they doing the current one we go above that we have 10 boxes and the current africans are trying to educate the ones above them who are committing subtle suicide in each one of these areas and why are they committing subtle suicide above them you have the people who I call the puppeteers who are using the African people as puppets. And you have, again, going right across in these ten boxes, the puppeteers control or try to control us and do control us psychologically, culturally, economically, educationally. They control our health through the bio-weaponization of food they control us through religion. They control us through social engineering. They control us through politics. They control us through what I call math, science, and technology. And then the last box, they control us through matter, space, and time. These are the puppeteers that control us to get us to commit subtle suicide. When we come back down, we see how people are committing subtle suicide. What do I mean subtle? I mean, they don't even realize, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S, that we are killing ourselves on behalf of the puppeteer. that we are the puppets. So they say that the perfect slave, I mean the downright sure enough Perfect slave is the one who says, Oh, no, I'm not a slave. That's the first slave. And then above the puppeteer, you have the ones that are really controlling the puppeteers. And you start on the far left, on the outside box, you have the central bank or the Federal Reserve. They're outside the jurisdiction of everyone. They're independent. They are, they are autonomous. They answer to no one. Then you come inside in that first box. You have what I call the gov, G-O-V, gov, prostitute, whores, vomit. Those are the people that run this whole operation. And under them, in that box, you have the military, and you have NGOs, non-governmental organizations. Then next to them, you have corporations. And the corporations are designed for white men, for the white male, M-A-L-E. They use the corporations to hide inside or behind to carry out their demonic, Pool activity, so they do not have to answer to anyone. And a good example of that is the spill, the gas spill, the chemical spill in Bhopal, India, years ago, that that destroyed people. The corporation closed down, they changed the name, and never came to justice. So the white male uses the corporation to hide in or behind to carry out cesspool, demonic, savage activity. Next to the corporation, you have foundation. And the foundations are used as money laundering operations for those hiding in the corporation to launder their money and to protect their Interest and in their money and their possession. And they use these foundations in very many different illicit ways. And next to the foundations, you have think tanks. And the think tanks where white males, M A L E S, get together and they sit down and they strategize and plot and plan. How to destroy African people. An example of this would be Charles Murray and Ernstine, who were financed by a think tank or a foundation to write the bell curve that said basically black people were intellectually inferior. This is the purpose of the think tank. The think tanks were the ones that came up with creating gang hatred for one another, they created the gang. So now these brothers are killing each other based on something created out of a think tank. And then next to the think tank, you have the university. And the universities are cesspools that are financed by the gods of vomit, the corporations, and the foundations to miseducate students. And to, put, and to plunge students deep in debt so they must come out of school and hustle to get a job and not fight against the system of white terror domination. And then the next box, you have insurance companies, and insurance is a scam. Then you have banks, another scam. Then you have churches, you have hospitals, and then you have the mafia. And that should be 10 across. These are the ones that are controlling the public tears underneath. And then above that, so these two tiers are running interference, creating subtle suicide activities for Africans so that they don't come to consciousness to fight against the enemy. And then above the Federal Reserve, the Gods of Vomit Foundation Corporation, above that, now we have what is called the Deputy Assistant. These are the current Africans that have skipped over this and now they are fighting in each one of these areas and bringing correct life-saving knowledge and information, psychological, cultural, economic, education, health, uh, spiritual, social, political, talking or teaching about the dangers of technology, controlling our matter, space, and time. So here you have the deputy assistant and above the deputy assistant you have the president of our operation and the president is our mind. M I N D the African mind is the president of this chart. And it's the mind that is going to help us solve this problem that we have once and for all and above the president of this formation, At the very top, the chairperson of the board is Black Liberation. So let me go down the chart again from top to bottom. The top, we have Black Liberation. That's the end game. So our mission and our end game should be one and the same, Black Liberation. And the way to get there is through the mind. And next to the mind, and for we have spirit. If you go and you listen to and learn about the seven hermetic principles written by the three initiates, and these seven hermetic principles say that the universe is mind, M-I-N-D that this is how the universe was created through mind, and behind the mind is spirit. So we have at the top Black Liberation, then we have the mind, parenthesis, spirit, and under that we have these deputies, the current Africans who are working to feed into the mind the solution that we're gonna meld together M E L D. We're gonna meld all of these different solutions together to come up with the once and for all solution to the biggest problem on planet Earth. And underneath that, you have the underneath the deputy assistant, you have the Federal Reserve, and under that you have the puppeteers, and that is the interference that's below the, the puppet. Puppeteers, you have the Africans who are committing subtle suicide. And we're trying, and under them, you have the current Africans who are trying to get them to bust through that, those two layers, to get to be deputy assistant. And under the subtle suicide, then, you have the current Africans. Under that, you have the grandcestors. Under that, you have the ancestors then you have the ground. So we have to learn how to live life on our own terms, T-E-R-M-F, F. The T stands for time, how we use our time. It also stands for our temperament. We have to have the right temperament, and we have to know the temperature of what is going on got to take the temperature of the enemy to see what is going on. Then we have E, which stands for energy. We say live life on our own terms. T is for time. E is for energy. It's also for electricity. It's also for efficiency. It's also for effectiveness. Live life on our own terms, being efficient, effective. Not wasting electricity, using our energy wisely. The R stands for resources, and also resolve to be resolute in our efforts toward achieving our end game. That is the R, and the M stands for material. How do we use the materials we do have? It also stands for management. It stands for also money. And then the final one is the F, which stands for either we're saving our time, energy, resources, material. That's, we're saving it. Or we're squandering them. And wrapped in all this is the, is the last F, which is our spirit. And then the last part of it is Live life on our own terms, yo, Y-O, Y is, you better get on it. So this is, in part, this paradigm. Now, when I was coming up, we had this little game. It looked like a little puzzle, it was like a little box, no plastic box, and it had numbers from 1 to 15. And when we, bought, when we got this little box, you could... You had fifteen numbers and it had one open space, and it was not organized. You had to shift these little boxes around and then place the numbers in consecutive order: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, etc. Okay, so that's what we have to do: take that little box and this paradigm. We got to put things around to see how we're going to set up a formation. And this is a formation to offset the formation that is coming against us. So we have to live life on our own terms. So that concludes this part about discussion.
3: Context of white supremacy. The website, KamauKambon.org. KamauKambon.org. Uh, before we going to get into some of the specific areas uh, that you mentioned. i uh, probably start out with economics, but I just wanted to ask one uh, brief question uh, to try to cover as much as we can. Um, you mentioned uh, that the perfect slave uh, is the slave who says, oh, you know, I'm not even, I'm not a slave. That's the perfect slave. And... I thought over the years, our eight-year anniversary, and even in my personal life, I've heard a lot of black people say, I'm not a victim of racism. Like, you know, don't call me that. I'm <laughs> a victim of racism. And even you mentioned uh, one of our ancestors, Dr. Frances Cress Welsing. One of the first questions that I asked her, uh, she was on the program 31 times over our eight-year period. Uh, she, I asked her, is she a victim of racism? And she said, absolutely. And I replaced where you said, oh, I'm not a slave. I just replaced that with, I'm not a victim. Uh, And it's the same. I feel like it's the same thing. Why does that make one a perfect slave thinking I'm not a slave? And why is that? Why does that seem to be so prevalent? Do you think? Well, I,
2: um, I think that goes back to mind control. And domination. When, when we are engulfed in a system, we can't see the big picture. I remember we had uh, we had some puppies. So we had about five or six puppies that showed up, and we had them in a little pen. I mean, I think it was like five puppies, and these puppies, you know, started to get big, and they. They outgrew the pen. So we just happened to have a bigger pen. And what we did, we took them from the small pen to put them in a bigger pen. And they thought they were free because they just had more room. But they were still in captivity. And I mentioned this before. There's that great movie with Charles Bronson, The Valachi Paper. And there's a scene in the Volatci papers where they thought Joe Volacci had ratted on the mob, and he was put in jail, and there was a big mobster that was also being in prison. So he called for Joe Volacci to come and visit him. So Volatci goes to the guy's prison cell, and the guy must have had a corner room. He must have had two cells, so that this big mob, the mobster is sitting in a barber chair, barber chair. The guy's cutting his hair. He got a bar in there, and you know another guy is handing the mobster a drink. They give Joe Valachi a drink. I mean, this guy is living deliciously. So I'm looking at it. I said, "Wow, that's really that's really something." I said, "But hey, the guy is still in prison." So the people that don't think that they are victims or they are not slaves, you can look at them and you can see how they are victims and slaves. All you have to do is open their refrigerator, see what they're buying, look under the the kitchen sink, see what they're buying, go to their clothes closet, see what they're buying, look at what they're driving, look at where they go, look at where their money goes. What do they finance? Who do they finance? And that will tell you whether they are victims or not. And you'll find that they are victims or perfect slaves committing some form of subtle suicide. So the idea is to realize, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S, that we are victims or we are still enslaved. And listen, how do you know that you're a victim? Because your racial relatives are dying. Michael Brown blood is in the ground. Eric Gardner, Sandra Bland, Oscar Grant, Sean Bell shot 41 times. There's a brother in Florida, in Miami. He was shot 100 times. His blood is in the ground. Trayvon Martin, Darren Wilson, the cop that killed, I think it was Mike Brown, the white people sent him a million dollars. He didn't ask for it. They sent him a million dollars to support him. Then you have Esther Johnson in Atlanta, killed by a cop. You have Iana Jones in Detroit, killed by a cop. You have the little sister, um, in addition to Iana Jones, you have Tamir Rice, murdered by a cop. There was a, a big gathering in the park the Greenwich Village Park Last, two summers ago 2,000 people showed up sponsored by Harry Harry Belafonte um, this guy Sean Tan and Danny Glover 2,000 people showed up and the people and the families that showed up their children or loved ones had been murdered by the police And there was a report that came out that over the past 20 years, over 1,000 people a year have been murdered by the police. If you go online and you look at EEOC, Equal Educational Opportunity Commission, and you look at the number of racial lawsuits filed, when I looked a couple of years ago, I think it was like 30,000. And these are just people that filed... How many thousands of people never even bothered to file? How many people get fired from their jobs? How many black people get harassed from their jobs? How many get stopped by the police? So you can go right down the line. So if a person doesn't think they're a victim, let them keep going. I remember somebody said, I think Dr. Wilson told this story after she gave a lecture. Somebody came up to her and said, Oh, I don't think that there is anything as white supremacy. She said, well, okay, well, just go about your business. Then she was given an election two or three years later. The same guy came up. He said, yeah, there's something known as white supremacy. So I don't want to spend any more time on that. They don't think so? Yo, let them go. And they'll find out when they reach the destination, when they get in the hospital and the doctors give them drugs they don't need or kill them and take their organ, they'll find out about whether they're a victim or not. When they start spending all their money on white holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and all these other ones, Valentine's Day, they'll find out whether they are a victim or not. So we're living in a context that is an illusion to make people feel like they are free, like those little puppies. They're just in a bigger pen, that's all.
3: Context of white supremacy, Dr. Kamal Uh specifically with regards to economics. You touched on that in your paradigm. Uh, you've written about it. You've uh, labeled this season uh, the Horror Day season, uh, kind of from uh, the October of. Last year, October through about February, we have all these holidays and everything where we're encouraged to spend how we spend our time, how we spend our money, how we spend our energy, our currency, our electricity, Uh, not wisely at all, certainly not towards black liberation. Uh, That's one of the things that I think uh, you definitely wanted to address, just some of the little things. And I I mention you all the time, little things that we could do in terms of economics. uh, Where, I mean, yes, starting a business and all these other things, yes. But, I mean, just simple things that we could do. I don't ever go to the movies, ever. That's a simple economic decision that we could make that would have a huge impact. If you had, like, massive numbers of black people who just said, oh, no, I just don't. Are you crazy? I don't, I don't ever go to the – I don't care what's playing. I'm not going to the movies ever. I don't have cable ever. That's my economic decision with regards to how I'm dealing with the problem and being on my assignment. Can you address uh, economics and suggestions for just simple things that we can do? Mm. Now,
2: what? one of the things with uh, – on one of my other paradigms, I talk about when we have different cells, S-E-L-V-E-S, we have a psychological self, a cultural self, a economic self, an education self, a health self, a spiritual self, a social self, a political self. These are the primary selves that we have. I have to break it down, you know, compartmentalize it so we have greater clarity. So in, in each person, P E per, T-E-R, S-U-N, per I get that from Baba Fukiawa's book, Self-Healing Power and Therapy. The first per people have to know that they are out of order. And once they realize that they are committing subtle suicide, then each person needs a plan to develop each self. See, part of what I say is that We come to this planet as pure, unadulterated, uncontaminated spirit. But the longer we are here, the more we are bombarded with white concepts. And white concepts fill our minds to overflowing. So the way to, once we realize, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S, that we are committing subtle suicide and that war is being waged against us, The first step is to stop committing subtle suicide by de-whitenizing. To de-whitenize means to drop, to delete, to downsize, deject and delete white concepts. In other words, we need a plan for each self. So in the economic self, you don't want to support the people who are killing you because they take the money that we give them and they in, they improve their technology. That's how they use their money. So in the economic stuff, to de-white there are some things that people can do. <laughs> One is don't spend money that you don't yet have. So people now on the black, so-called black radio station, they're already trying to get people's tax money to buy a car. So you can get this car in advance, but we know you got the tax money coming in. So don't spend money that's not yet in your hand. That's credit. See, this whole fraudulent system is based on this fake credit and debt, and debt is slavery. So some of the things that I have done, And I'll put it like this, Brother Gus. I really appreciate CALS and all the tremendous work you do. And talking about economics, those who are listening should send contributions to the CALS program. Whether they're in the U.K., they should send shillings. If they are in Ghana, they should send CDs. That's not the letter C, the letter D. It's C-E-D-E. That's their money in Ghana. If they are in France, they should send Francs. That doesn't that's F-R-A-N-C-S, not F R A N K F and they should send contributions to help build the infrastructure of the Cows program. So what this is part of de Whitenizing and re Africanizing. Those are the two that's two step process. So in the area of economics, don't go in debt, don't use credit. If you listen to the white, the, the whitey, David Ramsey, Dave Ramsey, he'll tell you that debt is dumb. The paid-off mortgage is the goal is better than a Mercedes, whatever his slogan is. So, for example, I don't export my money. I don't have a cell phone. I don't have a television. I don't have a cable. I don't use air conditioning. Uh, I turn lights off all the time. This is one of the, the biggest thieves of the black community is leaving lights burning when we don't need them. I go into a room. I have a little flashlight I carry. If I don't need to turn on a light, well, I use a flashlight. If I have to turn on a light, I turn on a little nightlight. Now, you have to also know about these smart meters that these whiteys have out. It's an interesting story. I don't want to go off. It's an interesting story. This guy, these these smart meters monitor your activities in the home, your use of electricity, down to the moment. There's a guy, The story came out about a month ago, who was accused of a murder. And they couldn't pin him down. They didn't have the evidence. And what they did was they went back and they looked at his electricity usage. And between, I think it was 1 p.m., 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., he used 140 gallons of water. And they found out that he was using the water to wash away the blood. So he, he tried to get out of it saying he was using it for a hot tub. But I think that they're going to nail this guy. So, but in any case, try to use as little as possible. And it goes back to living life on our own terms. Energy. How do we use our own currency, meaning our energy? Are we supporting white terror domination, or are we supporting black liberation? So these are the things that that I have done. I don't drink alcohol. I'm against smoking weed. I'm against all black people smoking weed. It's ridiculous. It's subtle. It's suicidal. Uh, So there are a lot of things that I don't do. So I say this. Hey. You want to do so and so you go do that and you go do that and you find out whether that's the truth, <laughs> but I also say you don't want to die as a bamboozled negro that's something you don't want to do you don't want to die as a bamboozled negro and the white people they don't want you if you must die they don't want you to die conscious because a conscious African will always live. And I gave you a list of the names in the beginning. Brother Malcolm, Marcus Garvey, Elijah Muhammad, Ida B. Well, Yasantiwa, a Menolek, the II and his wife who defeated the Italians at the Battle of Adawa. So there are many, many who still live on. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, don't um, use your money wisely don't support the people who are trying to destroy you.
3: Absolutely. Context of white supremacy. Again, our guest joining us once again, Dr. Kamal Uh With regards to politics, uh, I thought it would be important. There's been so much uh, talk about the election of Donald Trump uh, Dr. Welsing predicted that we talked about that quite a bit uh, on this program. I've written about it as well. Um, what just what is your view in terms of our enemies? What does it look like in terms of on a global perspective? Because it seems like it's uh, you had Donald Trump here and a lot of whites that's now saying white nationalists and uh, all of these people, white people saying that they're upset, they're angry. Uh, and this seems to be a global sentiment. Uh, in France, you have Marine Le Pen. Uh, in the Netherlands and other areas in Europe, you're hearing this similar type of sentiment. A lot of white people saying that they're very upset about how things are going, uh, and they feel like they are our victims themselves, and that white people have been slacking on the job. What's your view about what our enemies are organizing to do moving forward?
2: I, I use the uh, Dr. Wells thing analogy about the chessboard and there are many references to the chessboard there is uh, Brzezinski's Grand Chessboard Dr. Welser of course talks about the chessboard there's a book out entitled The Devil's Chessboard that's dealing with the Dulles brothers when they were in in the 50's in the government and how they destabilized and destroyed Mossadegh of the uh, of Iran there's Guy Carr's book dealing with pawns in the game. So there are many references to the chessboard. And so I think that, that the white people are playing defense. I know we, we don't think about their moves as defensive moves. I know Dr. Rosing says on the chessboard, white plays offense and then defense, and black plays defense offense. I think in adjusting that idea, I think that just being African is offense and that whites are playing defense. So what do I mean? They're playing defense when they destroy our children in schools. That's a defensive move. When they stop, uh, motorists, that's defense. When they try to deny you a job, even if you're qualified, That's defense. So they're playing defense. Now, I have not commented on the administration that's in place now. However, I will say this, that the person that is the president now, he makes George W. Bush look like the valedictorian of the Mensa graduation class. Now, if you know MENSA, MENSA is the group of those people whose IQs are about 140, 50, 60, and up. So what we have now is chaos and confusion in this country. And so that's why I say, I spelled America, A-M-E-R-I. Dash C C-C-C, C C C C C A. What does that mean? A M E R I dash C the six C that white people create. The Cesspoolians create calamity, chaos, conflict, confusion always. That's why I spell it that way, with the six Cs. And there's a lot of confusion. However, let them engage in meltdown. And so what I'm saying to those who will listen, what I've always said, de-white downsize, re-Africanize, and... Let's see what the survivors are going to do. That's what I'm talking about. Because our people are on self destruct. The majority of the people are on remote control self destruct orchestrated by the puppeteer. This is what subtle suicide is all about. All you have to do is listen to the black radio stations in this region of the world. And it's like, I can't believe that y'all are still talking about going to the concert, buying cars with a low interest, getting a new car. And a matter of fact, you know, I talked about these cars, that these brothers love these whitey cars. I don't know what this romance is with these whitey cars, but all they're doing is financing those hillbillies in the auto industry, keeping them working, and I still have yet to figure out why every year These people have to come up with a new car. I'm talking about the manufacturers. They got 15, 20 new cars every year. If they didn't make another car from this moment on, there'll be enough cars for the next 25 or 30 years. This is nothing but white welfare. So we go back to economics. This administration is nothing but white welfare. The Pentagon is white welfare. The police, all these police, I think New York just, they had 25,000 cops, and they were going to up it and have a new formation and add more cops. There's nothing but white wealthy. If you listen to Frantz Fanon, his Wretched of the Earth, and he talked about that the police and the bourgeois, these are the buffer class between the people and the people who are really ruling. So as far as the administration goes, I don't have anything else to say other than uh, this is a meltdown and black people, if you're not ready. Somebody said, oh, we better get ready. And I said to them, oh, you ain't ready? <laughs> I, I don't know what you've been looking at. You've been looking at TV, but hey, you're kind of late. So I hope that answers the question, brother. So, I don't really want to get into it
3: with these whiteys and, you know, the madness that they're involved in, because I'm out of there. Indeed, indeed. Context of white supremacy, Dr. Kamal Kambon. Uh, With your book, Subtle Suicide, I just, I wanted to read a passage uh, and get your your thoughts on this. And, in fact, we even had a listener who asked a question about this specifically. Uh, But from Tips on Subtle Suicide, this is at the (laughs) beginning of the book, Uh, you write, what is suicide? Suicide is the act of taking one's own life voluntarily. Statistics have shown that between the years 1970 and 1980, suicide among young people ages 15 to 24 has increased by about 50%. A majority of these deaths occurred within the male population. The major focus of this work will look at Africans, brothers and sisters, and the impact of subtle suicide as a phenomenon on our lives as a people who live in the promised land. The concern which frightens me about my people is that many sisters and brothers fail to realize that suicide comes in various forms. Physical suicide, jumping out of a window, carbon monoxide poisoning, or jumping off of a bridge occurs more often in the European community. Traditionally, it has been a rare occurrence in the African-American community. Although Africans do not commit overt or physical suicide at the rate in which Europeans do, Africans, sisters and brothers, do in other ways commit suicide. There are many ways in which brothers and sisters commit subtle suicide. This type of suicide is an unconscious form of self-destruction, which is a direct reaction by sisters and brothers to the continuous oppression we face while living in captivity in America. Subtle suicide takes the lives of tens of thousands of Africans who live in America every year and the enslavement, death toll continues to rise as the oppression put on us intensifies. Suicide in its more subtle forms emerges in many different ways psychologically, culturally, educationally, spiritually, economically, and physically. Health, these forms of subtle suicide represent some of the more significant areas upon which this work will focus. I will Stop there, or actually, I'll, I'll give in one more. On special note, the term subtle suicide can be interchanged with the term enslavement, bondage, or demise. These terms represent the idea that any form of enslavement or self bondage brought on by one's own behavior or thinking is a form of subtle suicide. Mm. I will stop there. Uh, just any additional comments that you can share in terms of how these forms of subtle suicide might even say someone not investing in the work of a Dr. Kamal Kambon supporting going to the movies, buying every new pair of shoes, buying a new car every year that that might be even a form of subtle suicide. Can you expound? Yeah,
2: yeah, it is. Anything that supports this system and it goes back to another work that I did And I want to remind the listeners that, you know, these are things that I have thought about over the years after listening to different people speak, you know, doing a lot of reading, uh, coming to these conclusions. And the idea is that everything that we do, I use three words, should be, should relate to, be relative to and relevant for liberation, because of black liberation, it eclipses, it nullifies, supersedes, and trumps anything any African can think of, say or do. So if we are not supporting liberation, after all of the names I gave, all of these and names I didn't give in the beginning, all of these African people understood that war was being waged against them. I didn't mention Denmark Vesey, Nat Turner, Gabriel Prosser, uh, Jimmy Angola, who led the Stonewall Rebellion, I think, it's 1739. I didn't mention Charles Deslone, who led the 1811 Rebellion. You see? So there are all, these, all of these, this legacy this these shining stars, who understood clearly that there was war going on, but now the enemy has created these puppeteers who have gotten to the minds of the masses of the people. So it's, and what what intrigues me, is that the people can't see it. Remember that movie, They Live? I think that's a wonderful movie where the people were so brainwashed. They didn't know what was going on until they put on these special glasses. When they put on the special glasses, you could see the billboard saying, buy, buy, spend, spend. You're under mind control. And so when you can see it, I have an expression. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And this is why so many of our people perish, because they can't see it. And uh, so this is the form of subtle suicide. Get the people to destroy themselves. And Amos Wilson, I didn't mention his name earlier, the great, great man. His book is uh, Black on Black Crime uh, in Service to White Domination. Uh, the falsification of African consciousness, uh, the natural genius of a black child. And he talked about uh, somnambulism, I think that people are zombified, you know, just walking around in zombies. So there's nothing you can do about that. So that's why I'm saying, and I don't mean to be arrogant about it, but, you know, I'm way ahead of the people. You know, like, we're running around the track. I'm coming up behind them. And I thought they were ahead of me, but I know I'm lapping now, you see? And the point is that when the people don't see what is going on, they are on their way to some form of death. And you can talk to them and talk to them, but I don't know what the magic potion is to get them to open to receive that they have to change. And this is what a human being is supposed to do. It's a human being is supposed to get information, and when I say information, that's I-N space formation. you got to get in formation. Like the geese, when they fly, they're in formation. The soldiers, when they march, they're in formation. The football players, they're in a formation. So you have to... I'm, I'm not just giving In formation. I'm trying to get people in formation or in alignment. In alignment with what? In alignment with the concept of liberation. And liberation is both the mission and the end game. In other words, we have to crush the context that keeps us in this condition that we're in so I hope that that answers the question about subtle suicide and once you to recognize the different forms of death see and I say that death is a process this is a slow process it's like somebody going to the liquor store buying whatever some alcohol they give the person the money and the person gives them the alcohol, they open it up, they start drinking it, they don't die on the spot. It's a slow, methodical process. Because see, we're fighting against people who are scientific, who are mathematical, who are methodical and calculate. That's their formation. So I'm trying to give us information or get us information that can defend against what they are doing. And our defense can also be our offense. Our defense can also be our offense. So once you recognize the different forms of subtle suicide, now you know how to defend yourself against it. So if I give you the list of what they are doing, they're doing mind control, they're shoving the white Jesus down your throat, they're giving you Christmas, they're trying to get you to go in debt, buy all kind of madness, fronting for, you know, people who are, your friends who are ignorant. And, you know, all of this, all of these things that we're engaged in. So this is what the white people want you to do. So I lay that out in what I call the black tricks and the combine Dine. I give you examples. This is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. These are the things that we should be doing. Hey, you, if you don't want to do it, hey, don't do it. <clears throat> I said, look, when I that, when I found out about food, so oh, wow, this is biological chemical warfare. So I'm changing. As a human being, I get new information. I'm trying to evolve. Yeah, yeah, so I stopped doing that. You know, I stopped spending in the street. I don't eat in the street. You know, I don't have a, you know, I mentioned, I don't have a cell phone. I don't do this. I don't. So there are things I just don't do. So if people want to do it. Hey, go and do it, and you'll see what happens. I had a brother that came in tonight, uh, uh, yesterday. So I'm 27. I, you know, I'm on parole. You know, I got caught. I said, you know, caught for what? So I had weed in the car. Man, I've been telling y'all for years, these young guys, man. No alcohol, no drugs. End of story. No weed. Don't be out driving around. 9, 10 o'clock at night, going nowhere. You're asking for trouble. Right? So somebody said, well, they're going to institute martial law. This is a thing on the side. I said, man, martial law, you righty's been under martial law since the inception of the IRS. You think this is new? So with the Federal Reserve printing the money, they created the the the, the IRS. Property tax. All of this is shakedown. <clears throat> so let me give you, I want to get this on the record. Let me give you the definition of a nigger. Because I hear a lot of these young guys saying nigger and all these, you know, bitches and hoes, etc. cetera. I don't know where. <laughs> see, that's the white dominators injected that into our community. But the, the only nigger, the only two niggers on planet Earth, of the white people. The white man and the white woman. And what is a nigga? And what does a nigga do? Okay, a nigga is somebody who's arrogant and ignorant. Doesn't want to change. That's a nigga. I'm talking about white people. They're backstabbers. Stab you in the back in a minute. They'll cheat you. They will cheat you. They will deceive you. They are envious. They are fake. They're fraud. They're foul, F-O-U-L. That means they have no moral character. They front. Right? You look at these white people. I got a little tape where this white woman said, well, I have a master's degree, and I have, I'm out of work, and I have to use my credit card to pay off this and that. Well, why you got a $300,000 house? For what? To do what in it? You got fifteen rooms, three cars to do what? That's a, that's a predator. That's what that is. That's a predator. Okay, so they're frauds. They're fake. They front. They gossip behind your back. They come to you. They got a hidden agenda. You see, um, they got something up their sleeve. They're liars. They're low life. They are treacherous. You see, they'll try to undermine what you're trying to do, and there are other characteristics. But these are some of the main characteristics of what niggas do, and then our people are just imitation of that. We are caricatures of that, and all their movies, most of their movies, nothing but death, destruction, backstabbing, cheating, deceiving. You know, got somebody got a game. It's all some kind of hustle some kind of heist, some kind of fraud. So that's their whole system, is a whole white welfare system. It's a bo- it's bogus, it's a shakedown, it's a hustle, it's a heist, it's a, it's a fraud, and all these things. So that's what we are dealing with. And if somebody wants to be a part of that, they will be engaged in a cesspool, and that's why I call them cesspoolians. I create my own vocabulary, my own definition, right? These are cesspoolians, and if you want to be a cesspoolian, you know, engaged in pathology, and I say that pathology, I translate it to the path of illogic kill. So if somebody wants to get down with that after they've been told that this is not right, this is unrighteous, Steve Beagle, I mentioned him earlier, said that the greatest weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. I said, okay, yeah, that's cool. But I'm coming and I'm saying that the greatest weapon that an African has against all enemies is a conscious, creative, righteous African mind. Am I indeed? So people don't want to get with that. Hey, yo, go do what you want to do. But I wish I could take out an insurance policy on you because I know what that end is going to look like.
3: Context of white supremacy. We will try to nab some of the folks who dialed in who have a question. Uh, if you want to, ask Dr. Cambon a question the number 641 715 the code is 564 943 pound press star 6 if you would like to participate uh, Thomas in New York Did you have a question for Dr. Kambon? You should be with us. Thomas in New York, are you there? Or are you just listening? Or you might not be in. Can you hear me? Yes, sir.
0: Yes, Gus. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks for um, um, for coming on the show, Dr. um, Kambon. Um, I didn't have a question. Um, I think he's laid everything out quite well. I just wanted to say I appreciate the work you do, and I'll do my line. Thank you, guys. Right on. Uh,
3: let's see. Uh, I think this might be our caller in Georgia. Did you have a question for Dr. Cambon? I see caller in Georgia. I think you might be on the vote line. Did you have a question for Dr. Cambon? not hearing maybe they're just <laughs>
2: maybe they're just uh, i'm sorry to well, I did, yeah i did want to add at this time that um i don't argue with other africans who are in prison with me i don't argue with them because it's like we're all in prison and i've used this before i've said that the the, the men the brothers are in maximum security and the sisters are in general population, but we're all in prison. And so it's like we're prisoners and we are going to argue about, well, which is the best workout? Is it handball? Is it lifting weights? Or is it playing who? And we're arguing and fighting about which is the best, but yet we're all in prison. So I don't argue with people. They come and I say this, that I don't commingle or cross-pollinate black liberation with any other belief, ideology, philosophy, principle, religion, concept, or action. Because black liberation stands alone. Black liberation is the highest concept in this realm. Therefore, it is stellar. It stands alone. And I don't commingle it because that creates a lot of confusion. See, that's why I have this formation set up. So when something goes down, I know exactly what it is. I talked to somebody the other day, and they said, uh, well, you know, black people had had white slaves. Hey, I'm not arguing with you. But I know what the person was trying to justify he was trying to justify his love of white people. That's what he was saying. Oh, hey, no, I pick it up right away. No, yo, you're not going to slide anything by me. And that's why I created the word contrary diction. See, black people, oh, yeah, Gus, oh, they love Brother Gus. Oh, yeah, they love you, Brother Gus. Yeah, they love the cows. Yeah, how many contributions have they sent to you? Well, they haven't sent any contributions. I said, yeah, they love you. Uh, but they sent down Williams, Wilson, a million dollars. They sent this guy that yelled at uh, President Obama, when he stood up and said, you lie, they sent him about a million dollars. All these cops that kill African people, they send money and bus roads to these people. I remember Mitt Romney in one quarter, in three months, He, I think he had got. $450 million in contribution. I tell you, man, the white people, they're not playing. So that's why I don't like to do too many radio interviews and programs, you know, talking about the same things over and over and over again. I said, we need something new. We need some new concepts. You know, I don't want, I don't want to talk about religion. Any No, I'm out of that discussion. You know, you want to get down with that, go do that. You want to get down with the holidays, the hard days, Yo go and do that. That's why I wrote subtle suicide. We just want to get you out of the way. Those that want to commit subtle suicide, here's some ways you can commit subtle suicide in an accelerated way to get out of the way. For example, I don't usually reference anything in the Bible because the Bible is fake. So I don't use any of the words. The only thing the only One or two I do use. I say that white people like to murder African, well, to kill African people because the white people get a satanic orgasm. That's it. No other reference. The thing about hell and all that. No man, get that crap out of here. You're not running that on me. Run that on somebody else. Holidays. Yo, don't give me no Jesus. Don't give me no Christmas. Don't give me none of that crap. Pharmaceuticals, drugs, yo, y'all keep that, you see. Your education system, yo, keep that. I've been through all that. I'm not having no discussion about none of this white crap. It's bogus. It's a sham. It's a fraud. It's fake. It's white welfare. That's all it is to keep this cesspool going I don't I never say mainstream media what do you mean mainstream it's a cesspool so here's some things we can do I haven't seen these programs on television because uh, I don't have a tv it was a scandal and an empire right say okay so we don't like it we don't like the images so what you what people should do is you go and you find out Who's the president of that TV station? In one of my books, I got 16 books out. I spent a lot of time writing about a lot of this stuff. So I got 16 books out. One of my books, I got the president of ABC, the president of NBC and CBS, um, the president of the World Trade Organization, the the, um, World Bank, the IMF. I got all the names, right? So what you can do, you don't like a TV show? Find out who the president of the company is. Find out who the chairperson of the board is. Write them a letter. Find out the address. Write them a letter. A handwritten letter. Even if you can't spell, write it. Make a copy of it. Say, yo, I don't dig the image that you put forward about this sister. That's not us. And you've been doing it. We've been telling you we don't dig it. Then you then you find out who advertised on that program then you send the advertiser a copy of that letter saying this means that you agree with this projection, this psychological destruction of black people. So we are not buying your product and we're putting this on the internet to let people know that the advertisers and the station are against African people. And I'm a bet you see things change. You don't like the Hollywood movies where the black guy he gets killed first? They always either a cop, a military person, a thug, a gangster, a drug dealer. You write you find out who wrote the script, who's the executive director or producer. Executive producer means they finance this crap. You find out who that is, you find out the name of the studio, you write them. You write them a letter. Yo, I don't dig this. We want you to stop this. We all support this. I'm spreading the word. And we should put up warthog posters on a lot of these demons. That's what they are. If you've got a Hollywood producer that continually puts out these negative images, get a warning poster. This is so and so. This is the image that he projects about black people. This is who he is. This is where he lives. This is how you get some action. Cause them white, they don't like that. I've written plenty of letters. I'm getting ready to throw down. I wrote Diane Rehm. I'm gonna send you a copy of the letter when she before she went off the air. I said, "Yo, the, all these programs you got on, black people are nothing but they they are athletes. They are uh, in slavery, some form of slavery, or some kind of pathology and redemption from pathology. That's all you have on." I said, "What about all the architects, the engineers, the doctors, the political?" analysts that we have all of the good people the regular mothers and fathers who work all, all the time the good students how come you never have them on your 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 thing and then i listed the names of some of the great people we have how come you don't have dr claude anderson on his book black labor white wealth how come you don't have him on and i gave a list of people that she could have on her program there's a sister now, I think it's uh, Dr. Wright, wrote this tremendous book on Booker T. Washington. And she just squashed the whole image that people have of Booker T. Washington being a uh, being a Sambo. It took her years to write her book. We got all these people out here. There's a brother that's got a book out, Addicted to White. Won't you have, I told her, I said, why not you have some of these people on? It's a three-page letter. So I asked people. Leo, don't come to me with, anything. show me what you've done. Tell me what you have done. I'll tell you what I've done. I changed my name. I didn't want no slave name. I changed my diet. I'm not eating that crap. See, I don't celebrate no holidays. I'm going to tell you what I've done. I've done this. I've done that. I'm going to tell you what I have done. So show me what you have done. Don't tell me and don't engage in contradiction. And our goal as we evolve as human beings is to minimize and eliminate contradictions in our lives. You can't support the enemy and expect to get freedom and liberation. It's impossible. So, yeah, we're trapped in the context of this cesspool. That's why I never call it Main Street or uh, Mainstream. It's a cesspool. There's nothing but corrupt people. And they call us, our sister, say, oh, I live in the hood. I say, where you get that from? Those white people injected that into your mind. We never lived in a hood. We lived in a community. If there's any hood, it's where the white people live. Because they're the hoodlums, Wall Street, down in D.C. That's the hood. Man, this is really ridiculous, man. That's why I don't do any any of these programs. Cause we do we're not trying to get free. So ask the people, what are you? What have you done? What are you doing? Who are you helping? You exporting all your money, all your resources to Whitey? Come up off of it. Whitey don't care nothing about you. Better get yourselves to get all your different selves together. Not just one self. Say, oh yeah, I'm political. Yeah, okay, so what? But what about your economic self? What about your health self? What about your social self? What about your cultural self? What about your psychological self? What's your psychological state of mind? So this is this a lot of work to do. Each person is their own project. So
3: each person is their own project. I like that a lot. Wow.
2: Now let me ask you let me add this: Black people are very serious about not being very serious. Worse, they're very serious about being wrong and doing wrong. They're serious about that about being wrong and doing wrong. And I listen to these whiteys talk, and I see how they, how they, I don't know the word, how they kind of weave these words to justify their cesspool mind. See, One of my earlier paradigms, I call it how they ration their lives, you see. That's what we will we ration our lives. Say, hey man, you know, uh, that drinking, that, that alcohol, that destroys a million brain cells. It destroys and kills a million liver cells. It destroys your your kidneys. Say, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's just a little taste. Okay. All right. So you wind up in the hospital. Now you're looking up at this whitey. He got on this coat and he's looking at you. He doesn't see you as a person. He's looking down at all these organs he's going to cut out and sell. He said, "Wow, look at this guy! Wow, look at he got look at even these bad kidneys. We can get some money for this." So that's why I got that book um, of the last black man standing with all the questions in the back and. The the things that, that's the internal look at the things that, that we're doing. So it's a lot, man. I've been really working. You know, my first book came out in 1981 when I realized that, hey, man, these people, they want to kill us. Or they want to get us to kill ourselves while they make money off of the process of our death. And death is a process, step by step, stage by stage, level by level. That brother that buys the alcohol, going to the movies, giving the whiteys the money to go and be entertained with madness. Nothing but death, sex, destruction. Now, I wrote a script. I could write a movie script. And in my script, I know Negroes are going to love this. In the script there's gonna be a car chase. or uh, you know, they love the car chase. Somebody there's gonna be they're gonna chase the, the the hero in a in a disco or a club where people are gonna be dancing, they're gonna be strobe lights, the bad guys are gonna be chasing him. They love you know, they love that scene. That's very tense. And he's gonna barely escape out the back door. See, somebody's gonna get killed. The woman is going to fall in love with him after he kills 85 people. She says, like, oh, I love you. Oh, you love this killer. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, this is the typical script. Well, you have to go to movies to see that crap for. Go to a restaurant. Hey, you don't see none of your people working there. You don't know what they're doing in the kitchen with your food. Hey, that's mad. I'm not down with none of that stuff. Partying. Hey, they go to the party. Hey, you go to a party, you take your life in your hand. With that madness, they smoking weed, they're getting high, and you're liable to get killed. I just heard a story about somebody else, nineteen years old, innocent guy, he's at the party, somebody comes in there, starts blasting, he dies. Yeah, you party, and You party right right to the grave. Wow! Wow!
3: Uh, We had uh, a couple other people that dialed in with questions. Is it okay to to get a few of the other callers? Yes,
2: yes, brother. I don't want to just go off. Got
4: it.
2: Got it. Uh, Hey, I don't just talk to black people like this. I talk to whitey like this, and whitey whitey don't want to hear me, man. Yo, I, I I see a lot of people here. They be yelling at black people. Yo, I talk to whitey like this too. I tell Whitey, I don't dig them. I, hey, when I <laughs> changed my name, that when I changed my name, that was a declaration that yo, I'm against you. That's what that was?
3: Got it, got it right on, right
2: on, Doctor. No, yeah, I don't wear no designer clothes. You can take tell everybody to take all that crap, man. <laughs> I don't a, black, a black guy got designer clothes, or sneakers. I don't buy none of those stupid sneakers. Come on, man. Still
3: wake up. Time and energy on our own terms. Time and energy, again. Uh, currency, again. Uh, the yeah. caller uh, on the vote line, I'm just checking again before I get a uh, retired firefighter. Did you have a question for Dr. Cambon, or are you just listening? Seems like they might just be uh, listening in. Uh, still didn't hear anything. I don't know if you... Uh, maybe you're having some audio difficulties or what have you. Uh, retired firefighter, did you have a question for Dr. Cambon? You should be with us.
0: Greetings, uh, Dr. Cambon. Greetings, everybody. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, a, a perfect example of, of uh, I think one of the last things you said, I believe, was the uh, college soon-to-be pro basketball player, Lynn Bias uh at yeah. a party and uh ingested uh I guess what he thought maybe was uh some cannabis. Yeah. But it was something it was something else in the uh substance and uh ended up dying. Yeah. From, I remember uh, he
2: was drafted by the, drafted by the Celtics. I remember that very vividly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and a lot of a lot of people uh, said that that was his first experience with uh, drugs. I heard some people say, uh, but anyway, uh, I was going to uh, to ask your take on uh, a particular, uh, uh, I would say, uh, thought that I hear a lot of non-white black people uh, uh, have about this global system of racist white supremacy that is mm-hmm. never going to end. That's that mm-hmm. never going to end. And, uh, I just listen and hear them to explain on what they mean. Uh, and primarily, uh, for example, what I heard today is, is that once again, the blame gets shifted on the victims by saying that they would never quote unquote, never get together enough in order to, uh, uh, make it happen and uh, also, and, and uh, so uh, the the non-white black person that I was listening to stated that uh, the only chance it has if if the uh, if God uh, just destroys everybody on the planet and starts all over again. Anyway, regardless regardless of the last statement that I just uh, uh quoted someone on, what what's your take on that when you hear uh non white black people uh have this idea in mind that uh we cannot uh uh, uh in neutralize the system of racist white supremacy. What what's your mm-hmm. take on that?
2: I think that there are there are small examples of uh shifting paradigms. I look at the Battle of Algiers um, where the French were uh, in Algiers and the people didn't have all of the artillery and armaments, but they defeated them. The Haitian Revolution in 1804 where they they, um, expelled the French. So these are little examples. Then you have the, um, there's one other. Uh, there's, if you go online and look at that coconut revolution. So I think that it's going to be one thing. If you look at what happened in the so-called Arab Spring, that the cop killed this one little guy. I think he was a college student and he lost his scholarship. And he was out vending, had this low cart, and he uh, the cops beat him up. And I don't know if the cops killed him or he set himself on fire and killed himself. And that led to the Arab Spring, which changed the whole dynamic in so-called Egypt. So I think it's going to be one thing that's going to lead to a cascade effect, like the Brexit. You know, no telling what that is going to do, you know, to 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 the system. So the system is always trying to adjust. But there comes a time when, like, you adjust the rubber band and you keep pulling it back and forth. It comes to a point where you can't stretch it anymore and it loses its elasticity. And that's what is going to happen to this system. It's going to lose its elasticity. Just like Rome fell, Greece fell, Kemet fell. So it's just a matter of time that a lie can never last forever. And this whole system, this global system, is built on online. So I think that there is going to be a shift. There's going to be a change. And the change starts with our actions. There's a quote by Margaret Mead, of all people, that, I'm a paraphrase, that uh, a few dedicated, committed people can change the world. They always have and they always will. So I think that is possible. And this brother Ken Bridges, who started the Mata Network, and I need to add his name to the list of blood in the ground. He started the MATA Network, which was an economic container where black people who had products would put their products into this economic container. He was clearly assassinated but he said that if we can get enough black people to put their products and buy out of the MATA network, this MATA was a creative word, he said that if a critical mass was, I think he said, 6 million people. But if you could get a critical mass to do anything, like Dr. John Henry Clark said, if we could get black people to do one thing, even if it's the wrong thing, we could start a revolution. So I think it's possible. I think it is possible. And I said once before, we have to go into a room and look in that empty corner and see the things that are impossible, that used to be impossible, are now possible. And that's what we are counting on. We're counting on the you go online and look at this piece called The Hundred Monkey Theory. It's a good piece by uh, Michael Rupert, The Hundred Monkey Theory, but the, the name of the video is Collapse, and he talks about The Hundred Monkey Theory and how this energy was transferred all throughout the region. So we're talking about the use of our energy and how we use our energy. I think that we can achieve our ultimate end game when we use our energy, our time, our energy, our resources, material, and spirit wisely.
3: Context of white supremacy, the person that dialed in uh, four, seven, eight, nine, four, seven, eight, nine. Did you have a question for Dr. Kambon?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, thank you for allowing me to ask my question. Um, I was wondering, um, Dr. Kambon during, uh, I guess your evolution into who you are right now. Like, um, what's this, what sustains you? Like, did you have, um, you know, highs and lows? What sustained you through that period? Uh, I, I didn't hear the whole
3: statement. He said, "What uh, has sustained you? Uh, have you had uh, highs and lows? But you know, for you to remain on your assignment uh, and dedicated towards the ultimate objective of black liberation, what has sustained you?"
2: Um, it's, it's internal, but I also look at the lives of, of people like Marcus Garvey and Paul Robeson and Malcolm and Ida B. Wells. And I love that piece that, I give credit to PBS, they did that piece on Ida B. Wells, and at the end of it, her book, uh, Crusade for Justice, I think I mentioned it before, she says, uh, tell the children and the grandchildren that we were gallant and valiant, and we fought against our enemies. And I see that, I see the energy that they put forward, and I don't think we have a choice. I get, if anything, I get disgusted with with the African people, the black people. Those two words are interchangeable. I get disgusted with them because we could do far better than we're doing. So, you know, we could support each other. And those characteristics I gave about the definition of niggas, we, we can't buy into any of those things, backstabbing, gossiping behind each other's back, You know, cheating, deceiving, you know, that whole list, listen to that whole list. Just don't do that. And I know Dr. Walsing had her point that she also put forward about things, um, you know, not to do. So if we know what white people want you to do, you do the opposite of that. And that, then, see, this is a predator. That we're dealing with, we're dealing with a leech, a uh, a tick that feeds off of people who don't know and who don't understand. There was an incident in in Brooklyn. I don't know seven, six, seven years ago with this little boy. I don't think he was a little brother. He was lost. And this white guy who called himself a Jew lured the little boy into into this guy's house and he wound up killing the boy. And when I heard the story, it was just a horrific story. I said, Man, it's so easy to trick a child. It's so easy to trick a child. And maybe that's why white people will call us boys and gals. Because we are not thinking, and a lot of our people, they get attitudes with those who do think. Dr. Clark said that, that our people hate intellectual. I don't know what an intellectual is, really. I just know about thinking. You examine something, you think about it. It's right or it's wrong. See, because we have to set a standard. See, Whitey set standards, blonde hair, blue eyes. See, that's a standard that African people are trying to meet, and it's killing them. You know, a big house with a picket fence, trying to achieve that American dream. This artificial—it's a—it's a standard that's artificial. But what are our standards? Our standards and their standards can't be the same. Your standard can't be the standard of your enemy. So your enemy wants to exploit you. So I say the more you know in every one of these areas, that's why you have to read everything, study everything. Study everything. Science, math, technology, psychology, economics, education, culture. Study everything. Read everything. Read things by white people, not just things written by African people. you got to get a broad perspective. When I was coming through, I read... Uh, Chekhov, Dostoevsky, I read Anne Rand, The Fountainhead. You yeah, i read these different things. And all this helps you get what I call nuanced education. That means stringing all these little things together in order to come to a conclusion. So in my other paradigm, under political, see the white people, they're always at war. That's A-L-L, always at war. And then the second thread to that is that they never want you to come to a conclusion. Just open-ended. Just keep everything open-ended. I hate to harp on this religion. but you keep going to church for a century, and you're still not free, and you're still doing that? There was a fraternity. I just looked at it the other night. fraternity said, hey, man, we've been around 100 years, this and that. Are you 100 years old, and, you, and we're still not free? Why are you doing that? Why don't you come off of that? So I'm saying that we need a new concept. We need a new concept. And I maintain that the solution is already in the universe. The solution is already in existence. We haven't tapped into it yet. I listen to Science Friday on NPR, Ira Flato. And the scientist said, oh, we just discovered a new planet. I said, how you discover a new planet? The planet's been there all the time, but you just discovered it. See, so the solution is already here. <clears throat> but they have diverted our energy, our time, our resources, away from focusing on the solution to the problem. So. Why, um... But I'd stay. I'd, yeah, i just stay on it, you know. I don't need no. I don't need no external motivation. Yeah, I just, I just be on it. Still, so I'm full speed ahead, man. Like if you take Bruce Willis, you look at you know Bruce Willis. See, and who is this other guy? James Bond. When they're on their way to get the bad guy, who has the attaché case, who's going to destroy the whole world. When he's on the way to get that, get the guy. He don't stop the people who's going bowling. Say, hey, come and help me. He's not stopping the people who's going roller skating. Hey, come help me. He just goes and he takes care of business. That's why I like this Japanese guy. Hiro, H-I-R-O, Onada. O-O-N-A-D-A, I think. And he kept fighting after World War Two was over. For 29 years, man, <laughs> they had to go and get this general out of the hospital to tell him, you know, the war's over. That's the only way he stopped fighting. He was freaking out in the bush, stealing food and whatnot. He thought the war was still on. So that's how we have to be. Like brother Nkosi Mandari, I like that brother, man. His book is Genocide by any other name. is still Genocide. He says, always a student. Always a soldier. Yellow. That's what's up. I'm with that.
3: Context of white supremacy again, Dr. Kamal Uh Roz, did you have a question for Dr. Kambon?
2: Roz? Uh, greetings to you, Gus. Uh, greetings to you, Dr. Kambon. It is an honor to be talking to you. Um, just, you're, you're incredible. Just to hear what you have to say is just so enlightening. Um, and,
4: uh... My question was because white people have tried so hard to create dissension between the global African community, are you mm-hmm. a Pan African? Do you see a Pan African approach as a good approach
0: to black liberation on a global scale? That's something that I learned from Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark directly,
2: and I know that you love them like I do, so I just wanted to put that forward to you. Thank you. Do mm-hmm. I see a Pan African solution? Is that what you saying is that what is that the question uh, a pan African worldview as far as our approach as a people to solving the problem mm-hmm. well i'm I'm not clear on that, but I know that this whole thing is about concepts and the and the energy transference. that's why I mentioned that piece about. The 100-Monkey Theory. I don't like that title, but, you know, if we can get the energy. Like when the liberation movements took place in the 60s, that energy, and and today, of course, marks uh, the 52nd year that Malcolm was assassinated. But when he talked about the, the energy that transferred from liberation movements on the continent to here, we got that energy. The people around the world that saw Dr. King and the energy from the so-called Civil Rights Movement, that energy transferred around the world. So I don't know about the word Pan-Africanism, see, because I try to stay away from being locked down by those words. But I say that we should all be solutionarians we want a solution to the problem. So when we pose these words that might cause conflict, say, oh, this is a guy, he's a Pan-Africanist. Oh, he's a nationalist. Oh, he's 5%. Got to stay away from all of that. And how I answer that is we would deal with all of these different things on the other side of, of the solution. But the people in the world, the Africans around the globe, are looking at us to solve the problem because we are in the heart of the cesspool world right here. So I remember somebody asked Steve Coakley. Steve was speaking in New York, and they asked about Planet Nimaru or something. And Steve said, hey, you know, you asked me about that. You got the U.N. right here. You don't know anything about the U.N. I think you got the World Bank here. You got Bank of America here. Who's the head of that? So let's find out what's going on here and let's solve a lot of these problems on the other side of the main solution. So how do we solve the problem? How do we bring about the end game on this particular formation that I set up with the deputy assistants in each one of these areas? They are feeding the mind. They are feeding the mind and the spirit so that we can come up with the solution. So I know that the white dominators are trying to prevent us from thinking about the solution to the problem because of, for example, stopping France. See, stopping France in 2012 in New York, they stopped and frisked I think almost, was it, 685,000 people. Why? They know, as I pointed out before, that somebody among us is thinking about the once and for all solution to the biggest problem on planet Earth. So if you are thinking about the solution to the problem, You will not be engaged in any diversionary activity. You will not get involved in any controversy. You don't have time for it. You won't get involved with arguing or trying to convince anybody. They don't know that, hey, here's a video, here's a book. Check it out. After you check it out, you get it, then you can come back. And then we might have a discussion. But you have to be, in that idea of on our own terms, the E is for energy, electricity, efficiency, and effectiveness. You don't want to waste your time. I say, actually, you don't want to waste your life time. So Dr. Clark, you mentioned him. He was asked when he was in his 80s, he said, um. interviewer said with well, Dr. Clark, if you had to reflect on your life, what would you do differently? Dr. Clark said, I wouldn't have spent so much time with so many people. Because he realized, hey, they wasted his time. They ate up his time. So don't let people eat up your time when you are on a mission. When you think of that 007 or Bruce Willis or what's this other uh, born or whatever born identity they don't fool around with their time and and they're on a mission that's how we got to be we got to be on it we got to be on a mission and our mission and our end game are one and the same black liberation and that is the highest that's the best it's the greatest it's the strongest it's the purest and it's the toughest concept that we have on planet Earth in this realm. There's no other concept that's better than that concept. So that's why I say I don't co-mingle or cross-pollinate or cross-fertilize anything with black liberation. So that's what we're all about, man. That's what we should be about. I'm not trying to commit any form of civil suicide. I try to de-whitenize try to re-Africanize, but, hey, thats I don't accept everything that's coming from the continent either. So I got a critical eye on some of that. Yeah, I'm checking it out. Yo, this don't fit. It's not relevant. It doesn't relate. Yo, I'm out. Don't just come and say, this is African, and yo, I accept it. No. Mm-mm. Okay, bro, any other questions, bro?
3: Uh, we had two other people that dialed in. Do you have time to get our last two callers?
2: Yes,
3: yes, yes. Right on. Uh, might be someone you uh, know. This is the caller at 3047-3047. Did you have a question for Dr. Kambon?
5: <laughs> Very astute that you recognize that I might know him. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Kambon, this yeah. is your daughter, Naki. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was listening, and I actually wanted to ask if you could elaborate for the listeners you talked about not not really needing anything but and and some of the things you don't do but if you could share some of the things that you do engage in i know a lot of times when people hear about lifestyle changes it's hard to to make the change because it feels like you're giving up everything and you don't have any direction as to all the things that are possible but you, you engage in, you know, quite a bit <laughs> and, and, and have done a lot. Could you just share some of that with the audience? And then also um, I just want to say that um, uh, to Brother Gus, this show is, is incredibly well produced. It's well done. I just really appreciate you um, and, and the Black Talk Radio Network uh, so much for all the work that you do.
3: Oh, much obliged. Much obliged. Thank you. Dr. Cambon.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what she means. What do I do? Well, um what I did do was, uh, along with my family, we built our own home. We changed our names. We changed our diet. We built our own home from the ground up. We didn't have somebody come and build it. We built it ourselves. took us uh, nine years uh, so we wouldn't have a mortgage. I call it a morgue cage uh we built a building with our own fiat money and we renovated the building when well, i say me my wife and it took us three months we worked every night that i can remember from like 8 p.m until like two or three in the morning we uh, built the bookcases my wife built the bookcases, we put up the slat wall. I had bought an old van, and we went down to Atlanta. The coldest day of the year, I think it was January 2nd, and bought the slat wall. We had no heat in the van. A six-hour ride down, six-hour ride back, we put up the slat wall, put up the ceiling tiles, Painted. put up a wall, painted the wall, put our own money out. The vendors didn't know us. We put our own money out in buying books. And it was very interesting. We got these books. We were at home looking through all these books. And uh, we opened the store actually in 1994. And um, we were here for 15 years. We brought all the top people in. Dr. Collard, Dell Jones, Barashango, Dr. Ben, Kwame Torre. I didn't add his name, but I'm adding his name to the blood in the ground. Sacred Torre. Uh, we Brought in um, the Asa Hillian. Asa didn't speak, but we brought in Dr. Claude Anderson, George Fraser. His book is Success Runs in Our Race, Herbert Harris's book is 12 Universal Laws of Success. We had Shahrazad Ali, we had Ramona Africa in, and uh, uh, Jamila Alamin came in, that's formerly H.Rap Brown we had a lot of powerful people. We, had, we all had a chess club. Uh, we had African dance, drum class. We had education summer program. We had a brother circle to help brothers understand what was going on in each one of these areas to get all their selves together. We had a sister circle. Um, I like to go to lectures. You know, I like to I, I meet African people. I'm very impressed with people who are trying to do something and who have actually done something. Is a brother I met in D.C. He and I are about the same age. And at the end of the program, I did a little interview with him. I interviewed him, and I congratulated him on all the work he has done. He's written a voluminous amount of work. But in addition to that, he has a building. He has a spot that he finances. I'm impressed with that. Um, So i like to meet these Africans who are serious, who are doing something. I I love to read. You know, I like to just check things out. I like to learn. Now, I started out, I didn't start out like this. You know, I went to high school. I didn't graduate on time. I thought I was going to graduate. I got the little paper when I ran across the stage and said, hey, you got to go to summer school. (laughs) So me and my man, we had to go to summer school. And I was out of school a year, and I worked in the garment center. And one summer I pushed rack. But I realized that, man, I need to learn. And it was in my 30s when I realized, even though I had two master's degrees and I was working on a doctorate degree, I realized, man, I am ignorant. I am ignorant. And that's when I got busy and I started studying. And uh, we delivered our children at home. Yay. Uh, And I I help a lot of people. And I guess I am, I don't I guess, I know I'm pissed off at a lot of the students that I help. I've helped while I taught in college for 18 years at a historically black college. I taught over at the White University for 10 years part-time. But at the HBCU, I was in the Division of Education. I wrote over 500 letters of recommendation. I got students in the graduate school. I got students' jobs. Um, I fought for students. Uh, we had an after school program. I helped over 600 children uh, learn. And I had my students teaching them in the different areas reading, math, and studying for the SAT. And those students, some of principals, guidance counselors, they never came to support the bookstore. And they knew the store was here. I know lawyers, I know a couple of doctors. Never came to the bookstore. I'm saying, yo, man, what are y'all doing? You know, what's up with y'all? Got one brother in particular. Oh, he loves Coltrane and Miles and all that. I see him. I say, yo, man, we got posters. We got shirts, Miles, train, Bolognese Monk. He never shows up. What's up with that? So I could see the sickness in our people. The depth of the sickness is unfathomable. But. Hopefully, the people will come around. They will get the message. Bob Marley says, I didn't add, I'm going to add his name. He says, I'm trying to get my message to you. That's what he's trying to do, and that's what I was trying to do. Yo, man, we have an enemy. That's what I'm doing. So when we say a constructive, deconstructive, I say you have to deconstruct before you can construct. You have to you have to deconstruct, you gotta go down to your core self or your core selves, get yourselves together and then build up. So I hope that answers the question I've, I've tried to do. And in fact, I have done a lot. And I think that I came to the realization that not only was I ignorant and I had to get on the case and start reading and learning and listening to everybody and then try to synthesize that. That's why my paradigms, it took years for me to develop this, and the time and energy I put into my books. I don't, you know, this is not an audition. And I do this to help people. I've got a little piece to help uh, brothers who are college students. i got a parent guide. i got all kind of correct, life-saving information. And the people are not tapping into it. And I'm just saying, yo, what are y'all doing? So um, these are some of the things that I have done. And uh, even though I might sound hard on African people, I, I really, I love, I love African people. I really, I love African people. I help people who are homeless. Hey, I see them, they need some money. You know, I give them some money. So we asked for a little collection here, and that money goes to help help people. We got people who are strung out on drugs that come through here, people who are homeless, I mean, all kind of conditions, people who just need help. And uh, so that's what we do, man. That's what we do. Just help people, man. Help them help themselves, help them get themselves together. And we have some great success stories, too. Okay, the next question, I hope that answered the question.
3: <laughs> I think, or oh, at least I hope so. Uh, certainly, uh, your daughter can let us know if it did not. Um, the last person who dialed in, uh, last four digits, 3246, three, Did you have a question for Dr. Cambon? Yes,
4: sir. Can I be hurt? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Greetings to you, the host, the callers, and the listeners. And greetings to you, Dr. Cambon. It's an honor to speak with you. Thank Uh, you. I had... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I had uh, just two questions. Um, The first question is how, in your estimation, how can black people in the system of... uh, Let's... uh, white terror domination of the world in one year's time, uh, that or, this is the same question, either end the system of, of white terror domination or eradicate uh, the individuals who call themselves white altogether in one year's time. And then the second question is, well, I, I, I have two, two things that I um, I think might work and I could be absolutely incorrect. Uh, and the first thing I think might work is that people need to say, like people need to say out loud, that I will end the system of racism, white supremacy immediately. Or if we term it, if we term it, um, if we term it um, white terror domination, then we need to say it out loud. I will end the system of white terror domination immediately. And I think that we have to say it in order to actually do the action just um, from what different psychologists say that uh, mm-hmm. action it it, it Mm -hmm. happens in steps and and so like there's the thought then there's the speech and then the action and and then and then my others the the other solution that i was thinking is that if we stop calling them white altogether like just stop Mm -hmm. calling them white call them something else um because one they want us to call them white there's a reason they want us to call them white and Mm -hmm. and when i looked up the definition of white they didn't fit any of the definitions at all and like so i can't for myself i can't figure out a legitimate reason or a logical reason to call them white but i can i can see a lot of reasons not to call them white and i think that what will happen if we call them something different i i've chosen to call them ice albinos but i i think that if we choose to call them something different um, uh, they will stop trying to be white yet you have, you have to like you um, you you tell yourself where you're trying to get to you know and um, your the goal is to be white. That's why they call themselves white. And I think if we call them ice albinos or something else like that, like we have a, mm-hmm. a one to 2 billion Africans on the continent and they, whenever right. you say albino or, or albino, they're thinking of people who get, um, who get killed unfortunately for their limbs right. or different body parts. But if we're talking about these white people as albinos then they're looking at them like, Oh, well, these are the people who are um, in the category of people who could get um, dealt with the same, Play. So I just was wondering what your feedback was on that.
2: This very, very smart, man, very smart. Um, I mentioned in one of my earlier discussions on cows about the uh, work of Dr. Dunstan, where she says you ask the universe for what you want, and the universe is prepared to bring into existence our request. There's also a little piece I have in my book that I got actually from my son about General Cato when he was fighting Hannibal, at the end of each, when he was going around to different meetings, he would say, at the end of the meeting, before he left, he would turn and he would say, and Hannibal will be defeated, and everybody would chant that. This goes back to the whole idea of the self fulfilling prophecy, that if you say this into the universe, that it will manifest itself. And that's what the self fulfilling prophecy is. So that is what I agree with. Now, also, I refer to I say white terror, domination, and deceit, but I refer to them as cesspoolians. That these are the cesspool people, or these are the these are the real niggas. So, but when you look at war, when 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 groups are engaged in war, one of the first things they do is they dehumanize the enemy. So that is one thing, because see, our enemy is not human. I call them a number of things, one of which says pull but also these are savages that we're dealing with. Actually, they're sub savages, they're below savages. Their, their hysterical behavior pu- proves that they are sub savages. And that, so that's what I say. And I'm not trying to be um, argumentative, but I'm taking the words out of the dictionary. If these words are not in the dictionary, then I create words. And so I looked at the behavior, I looked at the standard, and the standard is that this behavior is the behavior of people who come out of a cesspool. So I created the word cesspoolian. So I I think that's accurate to put that in the universe, and it will manifest itself. But it will manifest itself because the people internalize this action, and by internalizing it, they, according to the self-fulfilling prophecy, they don't want to be proven wrong, so all of their behaviors will be in formation or in alignment with liberation, and I hope that that comes across the way I hope it comes across, that our behavior changes when we understand what our goal is. And I say that liberation is the African goal, G-O-A-L, G-O-L-D, standard. That's the standard by which I measure everything by. So I sit and I watch things that are out of formation. I don't say anything, but I know this is not in alignment with liberation. This is contrary diction. So I'm able to identify these different things and I've tried to move away from those things, but I think that we can end this. I think we can end this with these people. Don't tap into their things or if you, and what they do, they force us into their system with money. They force us into it with this money thing. So the less we need, the better off we are. Don't finance our own destruction. And the other thing is that we have to take care of ourselves. We have to to scour the universe to find out how do we take care of, like Dr. Francis Welsing said, how do we protect our melanin? We have to figure out how do we help ourselves, how do we save ourselves so that we can be on the planet to solve the problem. So we got to get up. Curtis Mayfield, I think, has this side. Get get on the move. Hey, we got to get up. We got to stay in shape. We got to work out. We got to change our diet. All of this is part of it. Got to drop television. Drop the holidays. All of this is part of liberation. All of this stuff. And hey, just and just be cool. It's a beautiful thing. You don't have to do all these things. Don't let Whitey rule you. You have to rule your different selves as much as you can. Sometimes it's hard work, but you got to bust through that. You got to bust through the malaise. You got to get on it. See, I'm an athlete too. I didn't mention that. Yo, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a super athlete, but I was a very, very good athlete. And I have a, Athlete's mentality about winning. See, I learned how to win. I know what it takes to win. And you got to dig down. You got to get into the nitty gritty. You got to, I, I was going to say sacrifice, but I say I change. I scratch sacrifice, say, you know, this is sacred wisdom. No such thing as sacrifice. This is sacred wisdom. This is the best thing. What's the best thing? The best thing is to be on it. That's the best thing. So I'm competitive. Yo, I'm on it. I don't know what y'all are doing. I'm on it. I'm on the enemy. So I agree with the brother. You got to put it out in the universe. You got to say it. You got to do it. You got your words have to match your action. No contrary diction. So I've come from three or four different streams. The different work that I've done, you know, pushing racks and painting, fences, shining shoes. I got the education stream. I was certified in like five or six different areas. Certified as a principal, curriculum specialist too, which is the highest level here in the state. Um, you know, I taught for 18 years in education. I taught 10 years part-time African studies and black studies. And then, you know, as an athlete, then I tried to be a, a family person as much as I can. You know, and so that's, hey, that's that's me. And there's nothing, somebody said, oh, you trying to be a big man? I had, had somebody said, no, yo, man, I'm not trying to be a big man. No, that's not my goal. My goal is to hey, hey, black people, you like doing so and so, you want to be in whatever it is, okay. My goal is to get white people off of us, to get the cesspool people off of us, that so you can do whatever you want to do. That's positive. You're not messing with anybody. It's positive. It's constructive. No, we got to examine it. And I'm cool with it but that's the goal hey stop messing with our children don't be arresting our children don't be killing us they'll be feeding us all this crap with the with the fast foods in the in the community so we can have our own garden we can do the things to promote a positive lifestyle and not a death style that's what's So we don't want to be the puppets controlled by puppeteers. We're independent human beings. And I don't want anybody messing with us. That's all. I ain't trying to be no big guy. Hey, yo, this is what I'm all about. Back up off of us. The Chinese, back up off us. Arabs, back up off of us. Leave the people alone. Let us get in our right minds and
3: then leave the people alone. That's my position. KamalKambon.org, KamalKambon.org. Uh Folks should definitely support uh, Get the Books, Invest, uh, Dr. Kambon's work. Uh, oh, I forgot, one of our listeners, they wrote in a question uh, just before uh, you depart, Dr. Kambon. They wanted to know, uh, with regards to subtle suicide, uh, is this something that is reversible? Uh, meaning, if black people who are maybe engaged uh, in some of these incorrect behaviors, if they get life-saving information, can that be corrected?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as we get control of our own mind, we can, and we can start in any one of those areas. That's why I lay it out. You can start psychologically. You know, try to get psychological health. So I have on my par one of the paradigms. I think I have little examples of what people can do psychologically to get control of their own mind. We know what white people want us to do culturally. So then we know what we need to do. Yeah, we can reverse subtle suicide. We had a brother that used to come here. He used to. I remember one time. It was nine degrees. He was sleeping across the street in a in a car. And we were doing a survival conference here. And I saw him the next day. I said, hey, man, you should have been the speaker at the survival conference. You survived nine-degree weather. And that brother, he was on crack. He went to rehab. We helped him out, man. We gave him little jobs. I told him, don't come in here high. And um, don't talk to my people out of order. So, you know, I put all that in check. And over time, he went to rehab, he relapsed, went back to rehab, came out. He's 51 years old. I saw him a couple of years later. He reversed his condition, man. He was clean. He showed me his driver's license, which is also a fraud. Social Security is a fraud. The Federal Reserve, all that's fraud. He showed me his license, and he had a car. He was so proud of himself. But he turned himself around. I look, I look at Miles Davis, I didn't mention, um, well, I looked at Miles Davis, who was strung out on heroin, went and did cold turkey, boom, turned himself around. John Coltrane was, was you know, on drugs, cold turkey, boom. Uh, Sonny Rollins on drugs, cold turkey, out of it, you see. Yeah, you get control of yourself, that's the whole deal. See, Whitey wants to control you in all those areas. You get control of yourself, of all your different selves. Get Whitey out of you. Drop the white concept, and you can turn your life around. And I want to add this one last thing, that the sisters, the African woman, is the highest human being formed on the planet Earth. She's royal, she's regal, she is imperial. And she should not be mistreated by any brother. Definitely no whitey. But brothers should never mistreat a sister. And I'm not going to say this publicly, but when you molest and assault a sister, you should pay the ultimate price. Because we are not going to have that. You should not sell drugs to people. We are not going to have this madness continue. And we're going to solve this problem. And we're watching those who are working for the enemy. And we're going to come and we're going to deal with you. And you're not going to like it because we've been watching you. And we don't dig what you are doing. So you mistreat these sisters, you're going to pay a heavy, heavyweight price. I do not dig that at all. And you sisters, you have to carry yourself appropriately like you are royal, imperial, and regal. And don't tolerate anybody who disrespects you. And don't let those Jews of Hollywood set you up to be bitches and hoes and a lot of madness because you are not that. That's their creation. And don't sell out for money like a lot of these brothers who are actors do and and athletes sell out for money. So, sisters, we respect you. You respect yourself. Don't tolerate any madness from any brother at all. And if you encounter the madness, you go and you find somebody who can deal with them. That's why I tell sisters, learn fighting arts so you can protect yourself. If somebody rolls up on you who is out of order, you know, you put them back in order. So that's how you should roll, like you are royal, regal, that's because that's who you are. You are the highest human form on planet Earth. Everybody else is underneath you. Brother, you really got me
3: going tonight, Brother Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Visit the website, kamalcambon.org. He has books uh, available. Uh, I read uh, this evening uh, a little bit. You can get tips. On Quick and Easy Ways Africans Can Commit Subtle Suicide. That one is available there. Uh, we talked about uh, some of his other uh, texts on the program before, the last book. I know we read that one. But you can see uh, many of his different books, articles, thoughts, KamauKambon.org. He has contact information. Uh, he has the link so that you can invest uh, and support his continued efforts. Kamban.org. Uh, if you need additional information, and it should be linked in the description. If you have Black Talk Radio Network, you can just click his name, and it will take you to the website. Many thanks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Some of those books are out of print. The first book, Black Guerrilla Warfare, is out of print. Summer Suicide, unfortunately, is out of print. Food, Health, and You, Why Black People Die So Young is out of print. The books that are available are e-books. The declaration is available. I have some copies of that. That's hard copy. The last book is a book that is available for people who are very conscious because I think it's a very serious book. And all the other books are e And I do recommend Duke's parents. Uh, the title is "You Should Be Ashamed of Your Nice, but Duke's Parents," Volume One and Volume Two. The blackest book. Volume one, volume two. And in my books, I have websites, I have pictures. The print is 14 point, 16 point, 18 point. It's easy to read. You know, it's not hard, but I deal with all these different subjects, all the different cells on both sides of the chessboard the white side and the African side.
3: Kamal G uh, you'll see the tab. You can click to check out uh, the different books, e-versions, what have you, org. Always, always, always just super grateful to be able to have you on the program. Uh, you were with us back in 2011. Uh, at that time, uh, it was our two-year uh, anniversary, but really appreciate you. Uh, Being able to hang out with us uh, this evening, as I said, tons of listeners uh, always appreciate the opportunity to hear from you, your concepts, suggestions on things that we can do uh, to solve this problem immediately. But uh, I know you. One of those is, as you stated, self-care. Really making sure that how we're managing our time and energy. I know you really emphasize. Let's not be awake real late. It's important for folks who have melanin to be asleep at night, so that your body can repair and renew. So I don't want to keep you up uh, any later. Thank. Just thank you again. Uh, we super appreciate you taking some of your time with us, and we'll look forward to being able to speaking with you real soon, Dr. Cambon. Okay, brother. All right. Thank
2: you. And. Uh I leave you as I came in with the words of black liberation ends, white terror domination. You Africans, take good care of yourself. And, uh, you know, you all be strong. You not get discouraged by the madness. Don't participate in the madness. And uh, we will prevail. There's no doubt about it. So thank you again and happy anniversary to you and the work you do. And I hope that people can make significant contributions by sending in shillings, francs, not F R A N K S, and uh, other forms of, to help you uh, keep, keep going. So thank you again. Black Liberation.
3: Black Liberation. Thank you again, Dr. Campbell, and have a fun, fantastic evening. All right, bro. Context of white supremacy. Dr. Kamal Kambon, once again. Uh, you can go back in the archives. Uh, he was here. In fact, he was here for our second anniversary in 2011. And I remember I talked to him the day afterwards. And I remember I said this on the program before. He said that people had talked to him, and it was suggesting that they did not want him to come on the cows, that something untoward about Gus and the program and all of that but man he has uh, just been fantastic and really helped a lot with the program suggesting guests uh, sharing his own time and uh, suggestions for workplace racism I think I mentioned him a few weeks back uh, about if you uh, go to a, an establishment, some sort of business, and a black person works there, you can write a letter so they'll have something constructive in their file saying, oh, wow, you know, Ms. Johnson or uh, Ms., Mr. Smith, you know, he went above and beyond the call of duty and just gave me tremendous service. And I just want to make sure I take a moment to recognize uh, the outstanding treatment that I received the other day when I was at, you know, whatever the facility is. Uh, but he recommended that as well, uh, that just something as simple as that, having, and I think he said earlier, written, Make a little handwritten letter. It could just be a paragraph, five sentences. You send it in, that sort of thing could help a black person stay on their job uh, a few extra months or get a raise, get a promotion, anything. Uh, But he has been really, really helpful uh, over our time on the program. Uh, And, again, including uh, being a guest on the program repeatedly. Always appreciate uh, hearing from Dr. Kamal Kambon. Uh, We should be here tomorrow, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Uh, Reverend Erica Evans Whitaker. Uh, This is a suspected racist. I think folks who've heard us over the years know we always uh, look forward to speaking with the enemy. Uh, This is a white woman. She wrote an article uh, about, I think it was last month. Uh, It was about a book, uh, Carol Anderson's White Rage. Carol Anderson is a black female. Her book basically is about the whole history of whites uh, resorting to all manner of terrorism to make sure that black people remain uh in a weak position subject to them uh she goes from enslavement reconstruction era and then uh the response to president obama where you had whites talking about assassinate him and just lots and lots and lots of information to show the pattern of white rage, and then how white rage is calculated and managed in a very methodical manner but this white woman i guess for tomorrow reverend whitaker you heard that correctly she wrote a review about this book and saying that it made her realize her own complicity as a as a white person in all of this. And Carol Anderson's book is, is so accurate and we need to talk about this truthfully and acknowledge the role that white people have played in all this and what we've done to black people and, you know, all the same spiel. Uh, but, you know, it was... I won't say it was honest, but it was a little bit more than whites generally say about racism. But we are looking forward to asking her some tough questions. Uh, Does her congregation do anything to rectify these problems? Do they invest uh, in black? She's uh, the senior pastor at a church in Kentucky. So, do they do anything to invest uh, in black citizens of Kentucky? Do they do anything to repair the damage uh, with these? Images of white Jesus and just ask some serious questions as a white person. Uh, but that should be tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll be looking forward to hearing from her. I always think it's great to uh, practice and get better at questioning racist man, racist woman. I think that's one thing this broadcast we've tried to provide a forum for doing. But that'll be tomorrow. If you have questions, problems, you can't find something in the archives, feel free to drop us an email, untiljustice at gmail. .com. The cows uh, content is now available on Google play. I uh, just got uh, uh, accepted or published today. Uh, so all the content moving forward will be available there, including today's broadcast. Uh, just should take a few hours from the time the program concludes for it to reset and then it'll be available, but it's still uh, our content should still be available on iTunes, Stitcher, black talk radio network, lots of different places, uh, soundcloud as well. So you'll just have more, uh, means of accessing the content with that thanks again for folks tuning in i hope it was a constructive investment of your tuesday evening and again visit the website KamalCamban.org. Uh i think he stated it a few times throughout the program but i'll say it again because we've been saying this at the end of every program for a while sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy Uh, I've seen no evidence, and I think he even mentioned some of the folks that I often mention. I've seen no evidence that us being under the influence of anything is going to help us neutralize Darren Wilson, Daniel Holtzclaw, any of these other race soldiers, badge or no. In fact, I think there is a lot of evidence that us being intoxicated, that just makes it easier for our enemies to continue to keep their foot on our neck. With that, invest if you think the program is constructive. Racism-notes.blogspot.com Racism-notes.blogspot.com When you hit the blog, look in the top right corner. PayPal button should be located. Easy to find. Uh, If you are not into PayPal, drop us an email. We will get you a physical mailing address. Huge thanks to all the folks who have supported us. Eight years plus... Uh, You can also visit our Amazon wish list. Uh, It's under Gusty Renegade. If you want to nab any of the items that are listed there to help us continue with the broadcast. But again, much gratitude for all the folks who have invested. I hope the program has been, continues to be worthy of your time and energy. With that, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time. We are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cal signing out. Thanks all for
0: tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed.
5: I'm a victim, your brother. No
0: problem. You're a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. (laughs)